pull up a seat and get ready to find out just how valuable God thinks you are. My name is Johnny and I'm the host of this podcast. My goal here is to be honest and transparent because I want you to know that there's somebody out there that gets it. Through each episode, I hope that you're reminded that you are wildly sought after by a really good God. What I want to do in this episode is this. I really just want to encourage you guys to pray. And I'm going to go through specific instances that I've prayed bold prayers, even recently, and God has absolutely come through for me in a way where it had to be God. There's no other explanation. So I want to walk you through those miracles that happen in my life daily because I pray God hears me and he honors that. And Guys, it's probably the coolest feeling ever when I am just regularly talking to God and he connects with me in just such an intimate way. And I mean, it's God, right? Like creator of the whole universe, creator of laughs, creator of every single music note. And he thinks about me. He thinks about you. He listens to me. He listens to you. And he just wants that close relationship with us. Like, Seriously, name one thing that's better than an intimate relationship with the ruler of the world. You can't. I can't either. I have no idea what your prayer life looks like at all, but I know that mine was a hot mess when I got saved. I didn't really know how to pray. I always thought some prayers, I guess, God didn't really care about, so I would just go to him with the bigger ones. And That honestly happened for a few months now that I think about it. I just, I guess I didn't understand God's character fully. And I think that's because I didn't have a great earthly father. So I always thought that God had his qualities. So sometimes I felt like I was annoying to God or too much to God or too sensitive or too fill in the blank. It was always something. So I'd usually try and avoid prayer for the most part. And that was so not what God wanted. But I grew up Catholic and prayers to me were very ritualistic and legalistic. So I really didn't know even how to tell God my heart at all. And I didn't even know if he cared to hear it. When I first came to Christ, I was really wrapped up in the prosperity gospel movement. So Joel Alstein, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Myers, they may be an okay stepping stone for faith, but it could be really dangerous if you stay there. It's like the kiddie pool and eventually you have to swim in the deep end. But I was really into that for quite a bit. So when I did pray, it was more like when I was suffering or really sick and I prayed that God would take it away. And that's because the prosperity gospel teaches you that God's will for you is to literally never suffer. And I believed that. And that's not true. And that's also not biblical at all in any way. But that's the only time I'd ever pray was when I was suffering. And side note, just going to throw this out there. If you ever want to learn more about how God is good in the midst of that suffering and sickness and all about the prosperity gospel, I encourage you to watch a documentary called American Gospel. It's on Netflix now and Amazon, and it completely transformed my life and walk with God. Anyway, about a year after I got saved, I decided to throw out the milk and I really began to dig into the meat of scripture. I didn't want to be lukewarm anymore. I didn't want to have one foot in the Bible and one foot in the world. I wanted 
all of God, truly, even the parts I didn't really understand. So I started really getting into theology, studying God, his true character, Um, And I used a John MacArthur Bible, actually, study Bible, and it changed my life. It had so many answers to the questions that I had been asking about prayer and God's sovereignty, and it brought a lot of clarity to some issues that I had had with scripture. And before I get into these specific instances and little miracles that keep occurring in my life because of prayer, I want to first tell you what I learned about prayer that really transformed my relationship with God. Let me start by telling you what prayer is not. So prayer is not an attempt to harness God's power for our purposes so that he gives us what we want. He's not this like little genie in a bottle. That's called egocentric praying, basically prayer that's just centered around us. And that, friends, is the way that the pagans pray. It's often motivated by fear alone, and they're just really trying to harness protection and prosperity, and it's overall pretty toxic. It's just wanting God for what he can give us rather than wanting God just for God. It's worshiping the gifts and not the giver. It's like some young girl that marries an old rich man. She wants him just for what he can do for her, not because she truly loves him as a full being. Prayer is not manipulation in order to convince God of something. I also had to learn that prayer is not a monologue. It's not just you talking. It's also you listening because, guys, God really does want to respond to you. And last but not least, prayer is not magic. Is prayer powerful? Yeah, definitely. But that's only because the one being prayed to is powerful. We in ourselves don't have any power at all. We don't have any magic spell we can say. We pray because we're acknowledging how weak we actually are. If we were powerful, we wouldn't even need to pray. And prayer is not an opportunity to show off. It's not a guarantee that things go our way. It does not make any demands. It's not for God's benefit. It is for ours. Now, let me also tell you what prayer is is. So in the Bible, prayer takes on many different forms. And some of these include adoration, like worship, confession, making requests, intercession, thanksgiving, praise, meditation, just thinking about God and what he has done. And I'm probably missing some here, but the point is prayer is many, many things. And the Bible contains many examples of people praying. When we read these accounts of people's prayers, we actually can discover that many of the words used to pray were the same words that they used to talk to friends with. And what I mean is prayer involves normal language, not some special crazy religious talk. You don't have to practice or memorize anything. Prayer should be like you're talking to anyone else in your everyday life. And I love this verse in First Peter. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. So if you're righteous, which you automatically are if you're covered by Christ's blood and sacrifice, then God's eyes are on you and his ears are open to your prayer. 
And I love this verse in in Psalms as well. Um, It says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and he saves them. So guys, prayer is this relationship where we humbly communicate, worship, sincerely seek God's face, knowing that he hears us, that he loves us and will respond. And Granted, his response is not always in a manner that we expect or want, but he always responds. It's an active connection with our creator. And it's funny because I honestly used to pray for like five full minutes when I first got saved and it felt like that was taking forever. I'd have no idea what to say. It felt like I was waiting for paint to dry and I was just doing it out of obedience and necessity. But now, years later in my walk with God, I can't get enough of prayer and his presence. An hour doesn't even seem like enough time some days. I just want to be in constant communication with him. So let me tell you guys how that all changed. So again, I was praying really legalistic and selfish prayers up until I found myself in a bit of a weird situation. I was saved, but not fully invested into Christianity. I'd still been going to parties and going on dates and stuff. But one night I had been hanging out with this guy and he was actually engaged to a girl, which was really silly to begin with. And we were in his car late at night, which is never a good scenario. But I made a bad decision in my head that I was going to kiss him. And I was 16 and really stupid, and I just wanted to have that temporary high and see what it felt like to do something so wrong. So I turned off his car light, and I went to turn on the music to obviously, you know, set the mood. When I was about to turn off the music, though, in my head, I said to God, if you don't want me to do this, you have to be extremely clear because it's about to happen right now. I have my mind made up. And by mistake, guys, when trying to set this mood and turn on the music, I hit the little CD player button and there was no CD in the CD player. And so it kept on flashing the words, no, 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 on the little stereo screen. I mean, that's just weird, right? So I take that as a sign from God. I don't kiss him and I run inside of my house. I grab my nearest devotional and I turn to a random page and the devotional title is this. Are you ready? This is where it gets crazy. This is the devotional title that I read. Has God told you no lately? What? So I literally fell to my knees and was like, you're a God that can answer prayers this vividly? What? I just, I could not believe that God cared about me like that, like an actual father. The protective father my friends had that I was always jealous of, that's what I had. I just couldn't believe he loved me that way to save me from my own evil desire. So that made me start praying and seeing God in these crazy ways in my life. After that, my prayer life changed. I wanted more instances just like that one. I never put myself in a position like that with a boy again, thankfully, but I wanted God to show up as vividly in other ways in my life. So shortly after that, I said another prayer similar to that one, only this time I didn't think much of it. So I had to be up for school rather early the next day. And while I was getting ready for bed, 
I plugged my phone into the wall on the opposite side of my room. I didn't want to get up to turn on my alarm, so I stayed in bed. And I was like, God, if you really are my father, then just be like a real dad and wake me up at 6 a.m. when I'm supposed to be awake for school. Now, I want to pause here (laughs) and say and note that it says in the Bible to not test the Lord your God. But in my heart of hearts at 16 years old, I was really innocent and genuinely just wanted him to come through again in such an awesome way for me like last time. So I didn't mean anything bad by it. And I definitely don't pray like that any longer, but God still honored um, my pure intentions in that moment. So I fall asleep and I wake up from a banging on my bedroom door. So I shot up and it was my sister's dog for some reason running into the door over and over again, head first, which absolutely has never happened before that. And I turned my head to the clock and you can just guess what it said. It said 6 a.m. on the dot. And I had forgotten my prayer for a hot sec. And right when I saw 6 a.m. on the dot, because that's when I prayed for him to wake me up, the time that I prayed for him to wake me up. And so I fell to my knees in prayer and I was like, you can really hear me. You actually care. You care about that silly little request of waking me up because I've never had a real dad wake me up for school. And you just did. Like, That's just crazy. I get so hyped thinking about all this, guys, because there's so many instances where God has just shown up in my life. And after he was answering prayers like that for me, I was just getting more and more on fire for him. I was just obsessed with God, and I wanted every single person to have a relationship with him. And I always tried to evangelize everywhere I went, and one specific time stands out in my mind where God came through with a prayer that I prayed once again. I was in a busy parking lot and a bunch of people were walking out of a store and I had been praying that God would show me who to tell the gospel to and all of a sudden while I'm seeing this crowd of people walk out of this busy store my eye is on one older man who is basically walking in slow motion to me. He just stood out to me so much and I knew I knew in in my soul that I had to go up to him and talk to him, and so I did. And he spoke a bit of broken English, and I was extremely nervous, but I knew this was God. And so I said, hi, I know this may seem odd, but I wanted to ask you if you had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he stops, and he turns to me, and he says, you're the third person this month to come up to me and ask me about God. I should maybe start taking this as a sign Guys, I flipped out. I mean, I think I told my entire family about this for weeks. I mean, God is so awesome and so real. And so I talked to that guy for a bit longer. I prayed for him and then I left, but my mind was so blown. I had asked God to show me who to evangelize to. I see someone basically walking in slow motion. I go and tell him about God and I'm the third person that month to ask him about God. That's insane. Him answering prayers like this in my life, it it hasn't stopped. This isn't something, you know, I look back on and I'm like, oh, wow, he used to answer those prayers so clearly. And that was just such a nice time in my life. No, guys, he is still answering them. Just recently, multiple prayers were answered by God in such a cool way. And I need to tell you about them. So I was working at a home show for one of my clients, marketing their product and educating potential customers. And I was the only one in that booth. 
And guys, I was so thirsty. I had just been on like a two hour drive to the place, but I couldn't leave the booth because there were so many people there. So I was just doing my thing, talking to a bunch of people. And I was like, God, if you could just stop the traffic for like two minutes so I could run, grab a drink from the fountain, that'd be pretty perfect. But to be honest, it did not look like the crowd would die down. There was just so many people. And so all of a sudden, a maintenance guy for the building comes up to me and just says, you look like you could use a cold bottle of water and hands me a cold bottle of water. Guys, I couldn't even speak. I just stared at him and I'll have you know, I wasn't coughing or sweating or anything. I looked completely normal, yet God met my needs and had him buy me a cold water bottle because he cares about us that much. On top of that, even more recently, I had been praying for like a week to find someone to tell the gospel to. I hadn't shared it in a while, and I was really just wanting to tell somebody about Jesus, and you'll never even guess what happened. So this man that was probably like 60 was randomly talking to me in some store, and he was telling me what he had studied in college, and he said he went to college for history and religious studies. And of course, my ears shot up when I heard religious studies and started asking him a bunch of questions. And he told me he was a firm Catholic, but really was struggling with religion recently. So I told him that I grew up as a Catholic too, and that Christianity was really all about a relationship with God and not a rule book to follow. And he kind of dismissed me and just said, the story I love the most in the Bible is Daniel and the lion. And then the conversation kind of died off. And so anyway, we went our separate ways, but I couldn't get him off of my heart for some reason. So I internet stalked him. I'm probably insane, but I found his address and wanted to send him a book about God. So Ronnie and I, my husband and I went to Barnes and Noble and we were looking for the perfect book for him for like 30 minutes. And after having a bit of trouble finding a really good one for him, I was like, God, please help me find a book that you want me to pick for him. And so right after that, I opened a random Christian book on the shelf. And guess what the first chapter was about? Daniel and the lion's den. And I was like, okay, God. So we bought the book. I shipped it to his house. And now my husband, him, and I fellowship all the time. And he says that that book really changed his life. Like, guys, this does not happen to somebody like me. And if you do the math, a girl that was born out of an affair and always felt unwanted and always wanted affirmation from boys and sinned so much, a girl like that doesn't get a relationship with God like this, or so I thought. Me and him are so connected, guys. And if it can happen for me, I know it can happen for you. And now, Even though all those prayers seem pretty cool, I've also had God tell me no as a response before too. But even those no's from God have goodness written all over it. I was so upset when God said no to me, um, but now I could totally see why he did looking back. There was a few times that he said no to me, but one time he said no It felt like I was about to die. It was really awful. So I was dating this guy. I've mentioned him before on this podcast, I think, and he was not a Christian, but I wanted him to be one so badly. And so he went to church for me and he got baptized for me, but he was still living in such sin. And he winded up breaking up with me because he was just 
tired of trying to act perfect. And so I was desperate to get him back. So I spent an entire night, an entire night praying in my journal for his heart to change. Like I wanted God to see me as Jesus in the garden um, when he prayed to God. I wanted him to see how desperately I wanted this guy back and for him to truly be converted. But guys, we never got back together. And that hurt for a really long time. I was really depressed and I couldn't understand why God wouldn't save him until I met my husband. And he had every single quality I had ever prayed for in a man. So God said no to what I wanted in that moment to give me what I truly needed in the long run. And it was six months living with God's no, and I didn't know what he was doing. But now looking back, I'm I'm beyond happy that he said no to me. I would not have it any other way. He also told me no one time when I wanted so badly to be this global marketing intern at this big time company. And I got through all the rounds of interviews. It was like a three month process and it was down between me and somebody else. And I prayed so hard that I would get it on my knees, shouting to God, please open this door for me. And I did not get the internship. It stunk big time. I was so heartbroken, but that rejection actually motivated me to start my own marketing company. And now I'm working from home full time at the age of 23. So God really worked that out. And I realized why he said no to me at that time. And you may have experienced some of God's no's too. And they may have been a lot more serious, like not having a baby or having financial hardships. And guys, I see it in scripture all over. God did not do as someone asked in in these scriptures because he's God and he can see things that we can't see. Do you know that King David pleaded with the Lord for the life of his little son? David fasted and prayed for days, but on the seventh day, the child still died. God still said no. David honestly responded in a way that convicts me. He accepted what God had done and he went ahead and worshiped him. He just worshiped God. He had obviously hoped for a different outcome, but God is God and he has the right to do whatever he wants. But David didn't become bitter or turn God away. He trusted him, even in his heartbreak. This isn't, you know, to discourage you from praying, but it's to show you that God will always answer our prayers. Sometimes he says yes, and it's this amazing testimony, and we feel so intimate with him. Other times he says no, and we have to process through that and trust him anyway. So here's a verse that I cling to no matter what the outcome of my prayer is. It's Psalm 84 and it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. He is not going to withhold anything good from you. And you may say like, Johnny, how is marriage not good? Because it feels like God is withholding marriage from me. Or how is having a baby not good? Because it feels like God is withholding a baby from me. But you know what it says in Mark 10, 18? It says this, no one is good except God alone. 
He has given you the fullness of himself. He's never going to withhold himself from you. The ultimate good thing, and that actually is enough in the midst of heartache, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of hurt, God is enough. But guys, regardless of what his answer is, don't miss this point. We get to talk to God. Like the same God in Isaiah 6. Prayer prayer is our greatest Christian privilege. And when I say the same God in Isaiah 6, this is what it says in Isaiah 6. This is what I mean. It says, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Okay, so that exact scene where God's throne room is filled with smoke and his robe fills the temple and angels are constantly worshiping him, that's the very scene that we get when we pray to God. We should be in constant awe that we get that very same presence. Like, how could we ever get used to that or bored with him? Back in the day, only certain people were allowed to go and talk to God, mostly high priests, and there was this veil that would separate the other people from God's presence, and only those priests could go behind that veil and talk to God. And so when Jesus died, the veil was ripped into two. It was open for everybody to access God. I just think that that is so fascinating. And this is what the verse says. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The curtain was torn at the exact moment of Jesus' death, guys, because our separation from God by our sins had been paid for by Jesus on the cross. And you also have to notice, too, guys, that the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom indicating that it was torn from the top by God himself. What no human being could ever possibly do, tear this crazy thick veil, God did by the death of Jesus Christ. And now we get to go behind that curtain and have access into the holy of holies. I had always thought, I don't know about you, but I had always thought that the veil that was talked about in scripture was like a wedding veil. It was like this very little piece of fabric, but guys, the veil actually that's described in the Bible was extremely thick and so tall, which makes this event so significant to me. We have access to God and we should never take that for granted. So guys, I'm challenging you to pray, pray for the little things, pray for the big things, but most of all, talk to God continually, communicate with him. And I'll leave you with this. I was praying to God the other night before I went to sleep and I said, God, I want to feel that closeness with you again. And I winded up waking up at 5 a.m. because I felt like he was smiling over me. I can't explain it. I know I sound crazy, but I felt like he was smiling over me. Like he just wanted me all to himself. Like he just wanted to spend time with me. So I got up, 
I began reading the word and I turned to the book of Esther, which is something I had never read before. And God just started pursuing me in awesome ways that morning. And I want to leave you with this too. I want you to pray and see how much God cares and loves you because it is amazing and so mind-blowing. I could honestly just make this podcast about all of the prayers that God has answered in my life. But I just need you to know that it is so God and he is so real and he wants to blow your mind too. I love this verse from Psalm 139. It says, you have searched me, Lord, you know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Guys, he's not a distant God. He's not a sometimes God. He's not a God that is afraid to be intimate with you. He loves you and is with you always. And you got to start believing that and start praying to him.